With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Survivor 46 is here and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast. And we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladares, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcast. Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people. And you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. Welcome back to another episode of the Broncos Avenue podcast. I'm your host, Amir Farrell, with my co-host, J-Mac, today. And as you can tell from the title of the episode, we are going to be going over all that we learned from week two of Broncos OTA. Super excited to get this episode out for you guys. Um, so uh, before we jump into everything, just uh, wanted to let you guys know it'll be everything will be going over just the biggest takeaways between Russell Wilson, Greg Dulcich, what Sean Payton had to say about all everybody and who missed OTAs, everything that you need to know and more. And at the very end of the episode, obviously, you guys can tell from the thumbnail, we'll be going over Dalvin Cook and his possible situation being released from the Minnesota Vikings, all the salary cap numbers, where he could potentially land, and would it make sense for him to sign with the Denver Broncos? All of that in today's episode and more. But before we jump into all of that, J-Mac, how are you doing today, man? Summer is officially under the way. We are in June. How are you doing, man? I'm doing good, man. Um, it was a great weekend. I was able to pick up. Finally, I was able to get my camera and a whole bunch of other stuff, so... Um, all the people that follow this, yeah, all the people who uh, watch the podcast and fans of me, I got more content coming. But, I mean, other than that, it's been a great week. I'm ready for the game tonight. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah. make sure you guys are following uh, J-Mac over there on J-Mac Sports on Instagram and TikTok. So Broncos OTAs wrapped up week two. Lots of uh, things. We learned a lot more of this the past week. Um, obviously Sean Payton kind of told the media that they're not going to be able to live tweet during uh, practices and stuff. So we have got like anything that we have gotten, we have just kind of like accepted yeah, anything that yeah. we could get any kind of info. We've had like a lot less videos and pictures from like people, uh, in their different, you know, with Denver, uh, posts, Denver Gazette, DNVR sports, like yeah. we have not gotten like anything. So Anything that we can get, we're going to go ahead and cover with you guys here. So let's go ahead and uh, start off with a few things. But also, before I want to go ahead and uh, go into all that, if you guys are not subscribed to the channel, make sure you do that right now. It is completely free. Does not take any. Literally takes three seconds. Does not cost you anything. Does not hurt you. It's literally just pushing a button. Literally just takes you three seconds. Actually, matter of fact, if you guys are listening on YouTube, I'm going to count you down from three to zero. Hit the subscribe button. Three, two one there you go see 
it wasn't that hard. And if you guys are over there on Spotify podcast, not forgetting you guys either, go hit the follow button too. It literally just takes two seconds, completely free, no charge. So if you guys have subscribed, make sure you guys tell everybody else to subscribe. Join the Avenue uh, fam. We are getting lots of stuff out during the offseason. And then uh, obviously once we hit 1K subscribers on YouTube, we're going to have more players on here. We're going to have more live streams, just more episodes all together. So make sure you guys are doing that with uh, training camp and then minicamp coming up. We're going to have a lot more stuff to go over. So uh, one more week of OTA. So the Broncos wrap up week two. One of the most impressive players this week from a lot of the, uh, what I'm hearing is Greg Dulcich making a great first impression on Sean Payton. He was showing some great ball tracking ability, great speed, great length. Obviously doesn't have the bulkiness that a lot of tight ends on this roster have in Adam Trotman and especially Chris Mannerts. But he's got that crazy length to go up and get it. And he's showing it early on in the offseason activities. Uh, Co- Coach Payton has some glaring reviews for him. I think, and it's funny because we're talking about this earlier on the podcast a few weeks ago how at a like a uh, nfl owners meeting at like a press conference afterwards he was basically talking about how uh when he was reviewing the tight end room it was a little bit hard or harsh to watch uh you know on film in that uh, the tight ends that were the, on, on this roster and it, it's funny that that was like the worst thing he said about this roster but then the the, the best thing he says is about greg dulcich on in that tight end room saying just having absolutely glaring reviews for him uh he said that the 23 year old had a menu of lengthy routes uh and, and kind of has a vision for how he plans to use him this upcoming season he also coined him with the phrase the joker and says he has kind of like a a vision for him to have the same impact as Reggie Bush, Alvin Kamara, and even Jimmy Graham, Graham once did in New Orleans. Kind of in, like crazy that this early in his career and his, this early in uh, Sean Payton's time with the Broncos, he's already giving him that high of a praise just through a few practices. Maybe when I first heard that, I was thinking maybe it's kind of a test to see how Greg Dulcich responds to that and see how he lives up to those those expectations and everything, which I love because like Sean Payton's kind of playing this you know this mind game with him, the, the young players, seeing can you live up to this can you uh show me that you're going to be even better than how i'm uh showing you off to the media so uh what do you take of this uh from how greg dose is just showing off so far in otas just from everything that we've seen so far uh the very little otas highlights that we've gotten from the broncos um you know youtube and everything which hasn't been much at all of anything but a lot of it has been greg dulcich so it seems like he's one of the better players out there so far what do you what do you take of this so far i mean um I'm kind of surprised how far he went with it. But then again, at the same time, I'm not because we saw how how good Greg Dulcich was, especially last year when he came back from the injury. Yeah. Um, but then again, he's going to be a huge part of this offense, kind of more than what people expect. There's going to be a lot of play action. So who's usually the first person to get the ball on the play action? Like when Russ is going to throw, it's going to be the tight ends. So, I mean, I'm not surprised. He's, he's going to be utilized a lot in this offense, especially in short yard situation, play action. And plus he's vertical. So some maybe sometimes cross that middle on the deep ball. You never know. But I mean, I'm not surprised. I think Greg Dolchik's Sean Payne's gonna have so much fun with him. He's fast, six four, and I mean he he's a clear cut number one tight end. So it's no no yeah. more, you know, we gotta see about these other guys. No, he's the number one tight end. So I think um if him and Russ can just kind of build more chemistry and everything like that, because Russ was Russ was kind of clicking with him like all throughout, you know, this past season. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, I'm not really surprised. I'm not. I mean, it's it's Greg Dulcich, man. He slept on. 
Exactly. I remember the, when we first drafted him, I wasn't like too mu- much of a big of a fan of the pick. But then as, the, as things went on and you saw how he was in training camp last year and then um, obviously he didn't practice too much with uh, the hamstring injury. And that's uh, that's one of the last things I need to see him get over before he's like this n- dominant tight end one for us is those uh, hamstring injuries. Because last year he had 411 you know, receiving yards in 10 games, only 10 games for a rookie tight end that was dealing with hamstring injuries all year. You saw him on and off the injury report with that hamstring uh he obviously missed the four the first four or five games with the hamstring injury and when he came in it was just like right away he was like clicking with russell wilson and balling out his very first game he and i believe it was one of his first catches in the nfl was a long touchdown uh in that game against the chargers yeah, so he's clearly he's clearly showing and that was his uh his stadium um they're dating back to uh ucla and everything but um that that it's just it's just crazy that very early in his career, he's getting this kind of praise, and he's already balling out, doing great things. And we've been very big fans of uh, Greg Dulcich on this podcast. And going into the offseason, we said that they needed to upgrade a tight end, but not necessarily get someone over him yeah. to kind of upgrade the depth necessarily. And they got some really, really good uh, depth pieces in Adam Trotman and uh, Chris Manor. It's a lot of teams that uh, kill to have that kind of depth. So I'm really excited to see how things go. Knock on wood, everybody stays healthy this upcoming season because that could be one of the better pos- position groups on our roster. Yeah, and, you know, the last thing I'm going to say about it is kind of like a lot of people may forget that when when the Saints had Jimmy Graham, he was arguably the best tight end in the league, if not the tight end. Like, people were considering him the best tight end in the league, and that was with Gronk, like, fully healthy. Like, Jimmy Graham was – he was a beast in New Orleans, and as soon as he, he kind of – he just wasn't the same. You know, Sean Payton really had him clicking. So, I mean, I, and Greg Dozier gets faster. It, it, you never know, man. I'm just kind of excited. Yeah, and then obviously uh, Jimmy Graham in uh, Seattle, Russell Wilson in Seattle. He likes it. He likes his tight ends from time to time. Obviously, he loves his wide receivers. But like you said in play action, this is going to be a crucial part for Russell Wilson. And I'm really excited to see what uh, Greg Dulcich can do in year two, especially with a healthy hamstring. Um, so next, uh, Greg Dulcich getting a lot of praise. Uh, also, someone getting a lot of praise on the offensive side of the ball is new addition, my guy, guard Ben Powers, who I've been just pounding the table for all offseason. The Broncos signed up to the four-year 52 million dollar deal apparently according to coach Payton and everybody else in the media he has been killing it in back-to-back weeks with the broncos he has had really good practices according to coach Payton, just kind of lauding him and what he has done so far um being a voice in that offensive line room uh he was giving a lot of praise to um garrett bowles uh ben powers was he said they were going to kill it on the left side of the ball uh one of the kind of the, the obviously the blind side for blind side uh for russell wilson so that side of the offensive line is going to need to be on their a game uh this upcoming season and stay healthy the most important part so i'm um, really excited to see what ben powers is doing in practice obviously not too much right now with going on with contacts so you can't like hype it up too much but um he what do you think about and I, i'm pretty sure you saw this he had the uh the uncommon on his t-shirt and he was kind of showing uh, everybody that and telling everybody that it's uncommon to win in the nfl and it's uncommon to win championships and that's kind of the the mantra and the motto that the broncos going to take on and not only is it him but the rest of the team is kind of taking on the uncommon mantra what do you think about uh this whole new mindset that ben powers is bringing over from baltimore um I'm, i love it i mean honestly he's bringing he's kind of bringing some of that culture over here too like you know we just got to put it into work and you know expectations you know like results will improve um and he, he kind of said something that was just like it was a quote he said he said that you know baltimore didn't want me no 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 it wasn't that he didn't want me he said baltimore couldn't afford me that guy and yeah. i mean he's killing it and Some i'm not shade. really surprised i mean the guy yeah i mean like 
the guy, I mean, the guy's killing it. The guy had a great year last year. I'm not surprised. I just, like he said, kill it. But I mean, yeah, I'm not really surprised by it. Um, but the uncommon thing, I mean, man, he just, because I mean, that is true. I mean, especially in the AFC, all these teams in the AFC, like I was going over my, my record predictions and I'm like, it's so many teams that can make the playoffs. You got the whole AFC North, you got the AFC East, and of course our division. Those are, a lot of those teams are all really good teams, like besides the Raiders, but like most of those teams are just really, really like good teams. So it's going to be hard to make the playoffs. So, I mean, like you said, it's uncommon to win. It's uncommon to win Super Bowls. And But I mean, bringing over guys like him, is just, it's going to make our team and our locker room so much better. Yeah, exactly. He's uh, he's definitely one of the voices we needed for this offensive uh, offensive side of the ball and the offensive line in general. I'm really excited. We'll see what he can contribute in year one with the Broncos off that big contract. Um, so next, Russell Wilson, another week of good OTAs. Uh, according to Coach Payton, they're working on third down work, and he was looking very, very good, very sharp uh, here early and on in OTAs. Um, nothing like too stark of an improvement yet to where we're like kind of going crazy over it. Then again, the media isn't allowed to say a lot, but at the same time, he is taking baby steps to improve his game and third down last year just 29.13 percent can uh complete or conversion percentage very very bad in fact the worst in the nfl so definitely need something that's something that needs a lot of uh, work this offseason especially with uh, a lot of familiar faces on the offensive side offensive side of the ball so we need chemistry we need identity and we need to con- uh, convert on third down for us to even have a chance at scoring touchdowns and winning games this upcoming season so i'm glad coach payton is kind of installing this in early on in otas and figuring out how the the broncos can do this even through seven through seven v sevens and just into individual uh drills as well so glad to see russell Wilson. Russell Wilson is making some good improvements. Next, we have uh, Justin Simmons uh, is lauding Caden Stearns early on in OTA, saying he's looked great so far in OTAs. And don't get me wrong, players all the time, they're not going to obviously say a player is doing bad in practice by any means. But he did, has saying, uh, did go out of his way to say Caden has looked great so far. Our guy that was on the podcast, Caden Stearns, glad to see he's doing well, obviously off that hip injury. A lot of people thought he would uh, be limited so far, but don't know where, necessarily where that was coming from. He told this year on the on the show you got to make sure you guys watch those player interviews he said he's feeling absolutely 110 percent healthy so Caden Stern's balling out in OTAs what do you see for him this upcoming year I expect him to start you know that was kind of what we said like all offseason I kind of I, I expect him to start and I'm, I'm not surprised he's doing well I mean he's backed up Justin Simmons and Jackson who are two really good safeties you know so far throughout his career and I, I think he's going to start and I think it's going to it's going to take baby steps and I think you know Kareem and those guys are going to realize like, okay yeah Caden it's time for him to start now it's time for him just to go crazy and I think that this season we're going to see if, if he doesn't start he's going to be on the field a lot more way more than he was last year but I do definitely believe that he'll start and I think you know he remind, it's so much like Justin Simmons you know we kind of saw Justin Simmons take sit behind it like I think for a year was it Learned behind TJ and Darian Stewart, and then once and then once it took the, t- the starting spot, he was just now he's one of the best safeties in the league, and I think we're seeing that with Caden Stearns kind of all over again. So I'm excited for it. Yeah, and obviously the injuries is kind of holding him back just a little bit, but uh, this year if he can stay healthy, I'm sure he's going to get an increased role over the season goes. My prediction is they're going to start Kareem Jackson first few games and kind of let Caden Stern sit behind him, and as the season goes on, um, they're going to kind of play things smart and give a rotation, and if Caden Stern starts getting, let's say, some PBUs or interceptions and starts making plays in the secondary just like he was last year, 
I think they're definitely going to trot him out there as a starter at some point, like around the bye week, maybe even after the bye week. And uh, and the thing is, like, with, with the secondary, it, there's a lot of rotation and not necessarily always like a, a strong safety one or a free safety one. It's like you kind of can have two free safeties out there if you really wanted to. And you could have multiple corners and DBs out there. And it's not like there's necessarily like a, a QB t- or a cornerback two or a free safety one. Like there's always going to be rotations. Justin Simmons isn't always going to be out there in the free spot. You can trot Caden Stearns back out there or have uh, Justin Simmons drop down in the box, kind of rush the passer, help uh, give run support. You can really do that with all of our safeties, and that's what makes the secondary so special. And I'm excited to see how Caden Stearns will fit into that equation. Certainly uh, this upcoming season, I'm expecting a big year for sure. Yeah, and I mean, I'm glad you brought up the whole DB because that was kind of what he did last year with under Evero. You know, he played as many DBs out there as possible running nickel. I mean, it was so many DBs out there on the field. You, We barely had at any line, like you could notice the linebackers a little bit. You know, it was like one one play Singleton, one play Josie, and Josie's terrific in coverage. So I mean, it, it was just, yeah. I mean, I really think that that's the recipe that Broncos, you know, need to do this season again under Vance Joseph. He needs to bring that back out. Play. I mean, we have so many good DBs. I just think we need to play as many DBs as we can on the field, so we won't get exploited and mismatches as well. But yeah, I'm expecting a big year for Caden too. Absolutely, 100% agree, and I'm really excited to see what he can do this uh, upcoming season. Uh, next, the Broncos, uh, Baron Browning and Bear, uh, excuse me, Randy Gregory did not participate in OTAs this week, and um, we're not going to go go ahead and just like over over proportionate and overreact, but. Um, Man, you know, OTAs isn't mandatory by any means. It's going to be mini camp that we expect him to be there. But Baron Browning has not showed up to a single practice of OTAs. Definitely a little bit interesting. I would like to see him out there with uh, Vance Joseph and the entire squad to be out there. But like I said, I'm not going to overreact. I'm sure he's out there uh, working out. I know he's working out with well, one of Von Miller's uh, personal coaches um, and pass rush specialists. So um, he's definitely getting some uh, good work out there and preparing for a big year for the Broncos. This is another guy that I'm expecting even bigger. I have even bigger expectations at Caden Stearns because he's going to be that starting edge. And look, we have not had a dominant pass rusher since basically Vaughn Miller, to be honest. Like, we have not had a dominant pass rusher. Uh, Randy Gregory was looking very, very good. One of the better pass rushers in AFC before he got injured. And uh, Baron Browning showed some flashes early in his career. And um, obviously, we're going to have high expectations because a lot of people are giving him kind of uh, a lot of comparisons to uh, Vaughn Miller and how he rushes a passer. So what do you expect for, uh, for Baron Browning this upcoming year? And uh, what do you make of uh, these two edge, our two starting edge rushers not being at OTAs in Week 2? Well, um, I think the Broncos did a good job of bringing in depth. I mean, I'm, I'm confident with those two going into the season. Of course, the number one thing is health. And I, I kind of think that's the reason why they're not there. I think they're trying to just work on, them, you know, work by themselves for now, you know, trying to build up a little bit, little, little muscle so you won't go their out body. there. Yeah, build up their body and get hurt again. Um, But I, I'm confident in Baron Browning. I mean, they're, I wouldn't say he's he's similar to Vaughn. It's kind of like his game, his technique is very similar to Vaughn's. But I'll say – um. Yeah, I'm excited for Baron Brown, and I think when he's healthy, he's shown what type of player he is. Um, a lot of people say that he he's not consistent, but, I mean, in edge rushers, you know, you, you never know what you're going to get every single week, you know, unless you have, like, a Von Miller or a J.J. Watt or a T.J. Watt, yeah. guys like that. But, I mean, I'm confident in Baron Brown. I'm expecting a big year from him. He's finally going to start at edge. Uh, Randy Gregory, I already know what I'm going to get out of Randy Gregory when he's healthy. Yeah. So, I mean, but I'm, I'm confident with it. I mean, we have enough depth. I think um, we could probably sign – one more guy, we got greedy, but I really like the depth at edge and, and the whole defensive line. But yeah. 
Exactly. And you still have Jay Coop in that rotation uh, help out and lots of other uh, names, like you mentioned, even after cutting Jake Martin. So yeah. definitely. Uh, and then there's going to be competition this, uh, in, in training camp. To see, every training camp, it feels like we see some new edge rusher kind of go into their own. And I'm really excited to see what we can get out of Chris Allen. We talked about it in our episode yeah. a few weeks ago. Um, he, I'm really excited to see how he looks after his injury and uh, everything and kind of bounce back because that's been the biggest thing for him is just injuries. And once he can get over that hump, he can really he has a really good shot of making this roster yeah and a lot of people probably forgot but um the thing with uh chris allen is that before he got injured he was there were reports coming out he was balling in camp and that he was looking like he might he might have made the team and then he he tore his acl didn't he yeah yeah he tore his acl so oh, no no no. excuse me it's completely sorry he broke his foot he broke his foot. broke his feet i can make, it was something like severe <clears throat> but i mean i wouldn't be surprised if he made the team i wouldn't be surprised if he made the team so but I'm yeah. excited. Yeah, he's yeah. he's one of those guys that's gone, like you said, completely under the radar. Like after he under broke his show. foot, nobody's talking about Chris Allen except for us on this show. I swear, you can go everywhere. Nobody's talking about Chris Allen. I see. I see you, man. You're gonna. I really hope Chris Allen's gonna ball out this uh this training camp because man he had so much high potential at Alabama. They were talking about him as an early round draft pick. He literally went yeah, undrafted to us. It's crazy. That, Really excited to see what we can do because the Broncos might have got a huge gem. The Broncos, one thing that they have like done really well is finding those gems that obviously dealt with uh, injury issues and kind of boosting them up, coaching them to the their their high potential here in Denver. And I'm really excited to see what they can do. One of those examples being Caden Stern. So yeah, you know, I was gonna say if you look back over the last like decade, a lot of the Bron- some of the Broncos' best players were undrafted or late round picks. I mean. I give it. I'll give it to the management. The Broncos just—they always seem to find a, find a gym in every single draft and things like that. I, it's it's kind of crazy. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, the next uh, takeaway from OTAs was uh, Marquez Callaway, one of the guys I've been hyping up a lot of this offseason. I called him the most underrated uh, signing by the Broncos this year. Uh, according to Co- Coach Payton, he said in his press conference, I thought it was a little shocking that just he just went out and said this. Um, obviously, Coach Payton has done a really good job of just manipulating the media. Um, he apparently said that Marquez Callaway's weight is a little high right now, but he said he will get it down pretty soon. Um, I'm kind of interested to hear your thoughts about this I, I wonder why he kind of told the media this and I, maybe this is just him straight up just being honest to the media and talking about how uh maybe Callaway isn't to where he wants him to be right now but what, what do you think about this right now I have a lot of expectations for uh, Callaway on this roster kind of being that wide receiver f- uh four or five yeah I mean I was kind of shocked that he said it but I mean he obviously expects great things out of Marquez Callaway and for him to say that that means Callaway must have showed up you know kind of maybe a little bit overweight. I'm not, I'm not going to go to the extent of how Leonard Fournette was, but I mean, you know, somewhat kind of, you know, a little bit overweight for Sean Payton to say that. But I mean, I expect big things. I, I ain't going to say, well, I don't want to say I expect big things from Marquez Callaway, but I expect good, a little bit of good things out of Marquez Callaway. I mean, you saw what he did in New Orleans. Mm-hmm. Um, for some reason, they didn't play him as much last year, but I mean, he's, he's still a stud in my opinion. I mean, Sean Payton knows how to utilize him. He's a big target. It's kind of weird because like we have we already have a lot of big targets on the offense. So he's gonna fit right in. He's kinda he's gonna be kind of right under Corlin Sutton and Tim Pat, you know, like in their roles. As far as the season goes, yeah, I expect I expect him to be a wide receiver four, wide receiver five to get some reps. You know, I'm not saying he's gonna be just a guy that just sitting on the bench and on the sideline for most of the season, but I expect him to be a good depth piece. So 
Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And there's going to be a, just like we were talking about early on with the DB, there's going to be a good watch or a rotation there with the wide receivers so you can limit these injuries. That's something that Sean Payne has done really well is addressing this depth because last year there was not a lot of depth that you can rely on. And therefore, you're trotting out a lot of guys constantly on the offensive and defensive side of the ball and causing injuries because of that. So I'm really excited to see what he can do for the Broncos this year. Obviously, like I mentioned, I've been hyping him a lot, hyping him up a lot. So we'll see what. Uh, Callaway can do for the Denver Broncos this upcoming year. Uh, the Broncos, the last uh, takeaway from OTA's week two, uh, the Broncos, according to Sean Payton, are still looking to add another kicker despite signing Elliot Fry, the 28-year-old. So uh, maybe this is where Brett Maher could potentially come into play or another um, young kicker. I wouldn't expect it to be uh, Maher at this point, honestly, but you never know. Um, what do you think? Uh, at what do you think it's looking at like at the, the kicker position right now? Would you like to see uh, them bring in another piece? And because uh, right now they're at the ninety-man roster limit, so they would have to cut someone to bring in another kicker for competition. Would you like to see them bring in another kicker, or do you think um, they can kind of just uh, Mike Westhoff and the whole special team staff, Ben Kawaka, can kind of stick with Elliot Fry uh, throughout the off season? Um, well, I said it, I think, in the last episode that I felt like they were going to bring in another kicker. I think that those guys want to be very cautious because kicker is very important. Um, I think it will be a competition. I mean, it's still some guys out there. I'm not going to say go after Robbie Gold. I mean, he's 40, but I, I don't think it will be the worst thing for one year. But, I mean, guys like Ryan Suckup, Gonzalez, May, I mean, Mason Crosby's still out there. I feel like it's some Randy Bullock. I'm not a big fan of Randy Bullock, but I think he's somewhat uh, Parker White. I mean, it's it's still some decent kickers out there that you can go get. Um, but I, I wouldn't be surprised if next week it's sort of the Broncos go out and sign another kicker. I mean, because Elliot Fry, he really hasn't proven anything. It, it's good to have an unproven kicker, but then there's a downside to it as well. You just want to yeah. make sure that you have the best guy, you know, the best guy that you bring in. But I do think they're going to bring another guy, most likely a veteran. If I had to put, if I had to make a little bet on it, I probably would say, Ryan Suckup is the guy. I think then I think Robbie Gold may be a little 40. It's kind of like, you know, you don't want to bring in a guy that's 40. You know, like, uh, I don't know if the Broncos will do that. Um, Zane Gonzalez, it's kind of shaky. But I think Ryan Suckup would probably be the best bet if I had to just play some money on it, who the Broncos will sign. Yeah, and with Ali Fry, like you mentioned, you don't really know what you're going to get out of him. And that could be a good and it could be a bad thing. I mean, we didn't really know we were getting out of uh, Brandon McManus when we got him, and he served us pretty well um, until the end, obviously. But uh, still a lot of uh, good options out there at kicker i'm i'm more on the on the table of kind of just seeing what we get out of elliot fry i mean screw it if he doesn't pan out this year then you can really just say the offense should the offense really should have been on their a game you really shouldn't be putting your kicker at the position to uh, win you games i mean kicker is important to an extent but you really should be focusing more on your offense and not having to uh, worry about your kicker but worry about your offense's production uh per se so um, I, I'm I'm more on board with just let's say we bring in Parker White and just go give a competition to Elliot Fry. Uh, I'm sure it'll do nothing but improve him, make him better, and see where it goes from uh, week one. And then if it doesn't pan out, you uh, go ahead and draft someone in the seventh round or sign an undrafted uh, free agent next year. Broncos yeah. definitely struggled with their undrafted free agents. Um, so that wraps up our recap of week two of uh, Broncos OTAs. So obviously what you've all been waiting for, Dalvin Cook is apparently, um, it's looking like it's almost a done deal according to Adam Schefter, Tom Palacero, and multiple reports. It's basically almost guaranteed at this point that he's going to be released from the Minnesota Vikings. Um, they're looking to do uh, best by him. They signed him to that five-year, $63 million deal. The Broncos could potentially uh, be an option for him here. Um, 
2023, he has a uh, scheduled $10.4 million base salary uh, this season, and then a whopping $14.1 million cap. It pretty, pretty big. The uh, the Vikings would save $6 million in cap space by moving on from him. Um, honestly, my take on it, I know he's been a great running back, and the, the Vikings, honestly, giving him that big contract and dealing with injuries and then finally having a good season in 2022, playing all 17 games. He's had four straight seasons of 1,100-plus rushing yards. I mean, it doesn't really feel like they're doing best by him, how they're 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 you know claiming to do. But um, at the same time, you do have to look at it and say that Rick Spielman is not the GM anymore. He's the one that gave him that extension. Um, they do have, a, obviously, a new GM. So what do you think about all this? My personal stance on it. I, I would I would personally stay away from it if I'm being honest. I don't think we're really in that. We have 11 million cap space. Can't really afford too much of that right now. You got to be smart with that. And obviously, there's going to be moves that come during the regular season. So I really don't want to see the Broncos go close to like that. The the, the negatives negatives in cap space because I'm sure he's going to be commanding a pretty decent amount given the fact that he's he's leaving uh, Minnesota because of the whole. I uh, am I'm sure it's all the money reasons why he's leaving Minnesota in the first place. Um, I'm kind of the opposite. Um, I think that it, it's kind of weird because I think once he gets like, I don't think nobody's going to trade for him because he has that $10 million base salary and, you know, it's a lot of money Definitely going not. into next year. Yeah. Um, but I would say that I think he gets cut. I think we're still like a DL situation. Nobody's going to want to trade for that. They just want to give him their own offer, you know, kind of let the market shape for itself. But uh, I'm kind of the opposite, man. I, I would love to have him cook. And it, it's a lot of reasons why. I mean, you look you look at Dalvin Cook over the last four years. He's been putting up mad numbers. I mean, in 2020, he had like 1,500 yards. He had 1,500 yards, 16 touchdowns. Uh, 2021 uh, had over had 1,100 yards, six touchdowns. Last year had 1,100 yards again and eight touchdowns. I mean, and this is behind Minnesota, whose offensive line isn't that great. Um, and I mean, I'm just – I would love to have him just to have another playmaker. It's kind of like the Camara situation for me, you know, like, I would just love to have another playmaker for Russell Wilson to make life easier on him. But, I mean, I wouldn't hate it. I understand the cap situation. I mean, but by the looks of it, a lot of teams can afford Dalvin Cook because I think if he gets cut, he's going to ask for at least seven and a half to eight million base salary for at least the next two years. If he decides to go the, you know, the long route or the short-term contract route, things going to be around that number. Um, the Broncos can do it. I feel like the Broncos are going to have to free up some little bit of cash space. If you want to just still be able to make moves here and there. I think I think the Broncos could do it, and I think they should do it. I mean, you have P. Ryan and you have Javante, which is still good. I'm not saying it's like a necessary need, but it would just be Broncos getting greedy, man, making a push to say we're all out and we're going to go try to win it. Yeah, that that is very true. And uh, while I can see it happening, and according to Sportsline uh, odd makers, uh, he the he the Broncos are currently with the third highest odds at plus five hundred. He uh, currently is the third highest odds to uh, go to the Broncos, and then obviously the Bills and Dolphins uh, are at one and two, according to uh, multiple reports. He uh, those are actually his uh, two preferred destinations uh, in Miami, where he was born and raised, and then the Buffalo Bills, where his brother James Cook is actually one of their feature backs. Which I was thinking about yesterday that's kind of interesting and I, i'm curious to hear your yeah, thoughts yeah. on this it's kind of interesting that he would want to go to a running back room with his brother where he would actually be taking reps and snaps from him and while they're probably not going to be looking at it like that that's exactly what's going to happen yeah if you're tell me right now that dallin cook is going to be splitting snaps with his brother james cook like he's a top three he's a top five running back in the league like they're not going to split snaps with him it's going to be like an 80 20 split if if that yeah i mean I think he's just saying like it would be like a dream to play with his brother. I don't think they're nuts. And I don't think but Buffalo can't even sign him to begin with. Buffalo I don't think too, yeah. 
Buffalo has literally $1.4 million in cash space. They're going to have to make some roster moves, and they just paid Ed Oliver. I mean, it's going to be really tough. I don't think he's going to ever go into Buffalo. And like you said, I was thinking about that last night. Like, why would he go to Buffalo to take the job from his brother? His brother kind of has the job in the bag right now. He's the leading candidate to get it. Why would he go there? And plus, people forget Buffalo's has Buffalo's running back room is loaded. Naheem Hines, Latavius Murray, Damian Harris, James Cook. I mean, it just doesn't really make sense. It's kind of like Miami, too. Get about Miami. Miami has Raheem Mostert, Jeff Wilson, and they um they they drafted a running back out of AM this year. And bringing in Dalvin Cook, I mean, when your running back room is just kind of like, why would you bring him in, especially if you're Miami? Yeah. Um, you know, you kind of already committed to the running game. I mean, it's similar to Denver, but I feel like Denver, like I feel like our number two run, like P Ron isn't like like the foundation isn't there for P Ron. You get what I'm saying? Like, like Miami, like you've already seen a year out of Mostert, they extended uh Jeff Wilson. They um and they drafted a running back in like the third round. Devon Chain. Yeah, Devon A. Chain. So I don't really think that those two are the likely scenarios. I, I don't think Casey is either. People just always love linking these offensive stars to Casey. I don't think they don't have the cap for it. I think, I mean, honestly, I think Denver is very realistic. We have the money to do it. I feel like we can maybe create a little bit more cap space, but I think we've kind of released all the players we could to free up as much cap space as we did McManus, Jacob Martin. But yeah, I don't I don't know where Dalvin Cook will go, honestly. I don't think it'll be Miami. I don't think it'll be Buffalo. I think if Miami does it, it's gonna be it's gonna be weird because that means most of it or exactly. Wilson's gonna have to be cut, if not both. So yeah, that's what I was saying on the show a few weeks ago. Like, they just drafted Devon H. in the third round. You got the speed. You got Raheem Moser, speed. Jeff Wilson, speed. Dalvin Cook, speed. Like, like four d- running backs? Like, damn. Like, like, yeah, it's like, and plus, you know, you already got, you have Mostert and Jeff Wilson on good deals. Like, you're not breaking the bank with them where Dalvin Cook, you're going to have to spend seven and a half to $8 million minimum each season. So, I mean, we'll see what happens. I think, honestly, a nut, like, it's kind of hard. I could see maybe, I mean, the, I don't know, man. I'm looking at the teams right now. All the teams that have the most money really have running backs. I could see maybe Dallas. Dallas has enough cap space to get them. Um, Are the Rams still in like uh, cap trouble? The Rams, they have four million in cap. I mean, I could see uh, that maybe. Maybe I would love him with Sean McVay, but that cap yeah. situation's little. Uh, yeah, it's gonna it's gonna be tough because you know it's just. It's gonna be tough with that, but I, I could low key see the Rams. But I mean, most a lot of the teams in the league have the money to pay him. I mean, but we're just we're just gonna have to see. But I I don't think he's gonna be traded. I think he's gonna end up being cut. So in the next coming days, I I feel bad for him. I I believe his uh, father passed away a few years ago, and man, he's been yeah. through a lot, dude. Like constant knee injuries, just and he still balls out with like lim- limited games played, and it, it's just it sucks, man. And now he's now he's gonna take a massive drop in like uh, base salary. I really do feel for the guy, honestly. Yeah, and just in the thing, it's kind of crazy because running back is that position you can do everything, be at the top of your game, and you're just not safe. Like I remember there were talks in the early offseason of the Browns trading Nick Chubb, and I'm That's like, crazy. what? Like, how are you going to trade Nick Chubb? He's arguably like people can debate he's the best running back in the league. It's just like it's the most replaceable position in football, and it sucks. I mean, Dalvin Cook, I mean, he's been balling out. I mean, Pro Bowlers, like all Pro Team, it just. You can't really get you can't really ask more out of your running back than Dalvin Cook. I mean, you really can't. Like in and over the last few years, he's been healthy. 14 games, 14 games. He had the 13 games in 2021. And then last year he played the full season. So it's mm-hmm. just kind of, you know, it's just man, it's 
my stance on it is if he can bring if he can be healthy with us and it's the biggest thing is like the contract like if yeah. Dalvin Cook isn't really demanding much at all I'm all here for Dalvin Cook to Denver and a little bit more of me not wanting him is more so my Javante Williams bias I will always be biased towards my favorite player but um, at the same time it is Dalvin freaking Cook so if you can get him on a cheap contract let's do it right now man let's go, let's make a push for like the, the the damn deep playoffs and nearly the Super Bowl I I'm saying it here man. Like, if you get Dalvin yeah, Cook, yeah. that is a huge accusation. Yeah, and, like, I know a lot of people say, man, you got to let Javante eat. Like, I understand that. Like, I'm not – like, I just think if you can be able to get Dalvin Cook with Javante, like, I just feel like that that opens up completely everything. You – everything is an element of surprise. You just sure. – you would dominate – you would dominate the run game. You would dominate – and it opens up the pass game more. You can get the screens to – I mean, it's just so much you can do bringing in a guy like Dalvin Cook. That's why I'm, I'm all on board for it. I'll never say no to bringing another playmaker unless it just it's an absolutely horrible fit. And I mean, he's only getting linked to Denver because of George Payton, the Minnesota connection. That's 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 why they're that with the highest odds of going to Denver. But I mean, those those teams he's being linked to now it's just unrealistic. It's gonna be a lot that goes into it. Like I don't know, man. Yeah, I, if I'm being completely honest, so I don't, I don't really see it happening. I, I feel like Sean Payne really does like mean it when he's talking about Samaje P. Ryan and he, how the how he has high hopes for him and being like the kind of the RB two in this offense. And um, they gave him the money, the two year seven and a half million for a reason. Um, then Tony Jones Jr. has always like been that RB three on Sean Payne's roster for like the last few years. He just always been in that spot. So I could very well see that happening once again this uh, upcoming season. So yeah, my stance on it. Really depends on the money. Would I love Dalvin Cook on this roster? Hell yeah! But I don't want to give him a lot of money, and I feel, I feel like he's gonna get like quite a bit, of, uh, quite a bit on his contract. Not a lot by any means, but I feel like whoever's gonna get him is gonna give him quite a bit. I mean, I, I, I'll say this: I agree, but at the same time, like Dalvin Cook is twenty-seven. That's still relatively on like the young side. He hasn't reached. Yeah. He's he's has years away from that. 30 mark and i mean that's why he's like i want my money because i still have at least three to three years left in my prime like you and can, he deserves you can it. pay me yeah he does i mean if the say the broncos sign him to like not i feel like if the broncos sign him people won't really care unless we give him like 10 mil or 10 mil plus five people won't really care what we give him but i would just love Dalvin cook man i feel like you got to find a way to make it happen if you got to cut some guys free up some cash space do what you got to do because i mean adding a guy like Dalvin cook man it whoo I would I would love it, man. Honestly, yeah, and uh, that is going to wrap up today's episode. Um, all of our recap of Broncos Week Two OTAs, and then obviously Dalvin Cook potentially to the Denver Broncos. Uh, definitely a situation to watch play out here. The Broncos could potentially sign a kicker and maybe a star running back in the uh, the coming days and coming weeks. So we will see with that situation. Obviously, it is uh, June fourth as we are recording this today. So it is the post first June uh, post June first designation. So he is, can be released at any time, and the Vikings would not take too much of a penalty at all for it. So that is it for today's episode. If you guys are listening on YouTube, make sure you guys hit the like button and subscribe button. All that is uh, greatly appreciated. If you guys are listening on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, make sure you guys follow and have notifications turned on over there. J-Mac, you want to leave us off anything? Yeah, um, I just want to say, because um, I, I want to ask you before we end it, um, where do you think D-Hop will go? Where will D-Hop go? This is an interesting one. His biggest... I've seen some I've seen some Dallas stuff. Um don't know if that would make like a lot of sense. Um honestly I have if I'm being completely honest, I've not looked too much into uh, the whole D hop situation. Um obviously I don't want him here because that that it's just too much cap space in the, the wide receiver room. We're literally the second in the NFL in wide receiver cap space. If we sign D hop, I will be genuinely like 
bamboozled. But yeah, I have really no, yeah, I really I'm, no idea where he's gonna go. Maybe Cleveland. Yeah, um, it's, I don't. People, man, people throwing like KC and Buffalo again, man. It's just like I mean, I, like I, I say it's good to speculate it because like, what if D Hop went there? But I think realistically, um, Houston for some reason he has interest in going back to Houston. I think Dallas. Dallas Cleveland looks like the most realistic spot. They have the money to do it because he wants like an OBJ type deal. I don't, in which he might get if, if OBJ can get 18 million, D Hop should get more than that. But NFL's not gonna get him more than that. But I think, but I, I think whoever gets him, I, I think it might be Dallas, man. Dallas has enough cash space. They have sitting at 24 million dollars in cash space. So if they decide to give him the money, they absolutely can. Houston has the money to do it. Cleveland has the money to do it. It's just, I mean, well, Cleveland may need to fare a little bit more, but I mean, all that. At Buffalo, KC, and nah. But if, if I had to say maybe Cleveland, Houston, Dallas, those are the top three. I don't get why people want him to go to New England. Like he he said he he completely avoided when they asked him about New England, they completely avoided New England. I just don't get why these New England fans are just we're gonna get D Hop. Like you're not getting D Hop, man. The same yeah. thing with Jerry Judy. Same thing. With same Jerry thing Judy. with Jerry Judy. Like, but yeah. Um. Yeah, that is uh, it for today's episode. Um. Like I said, make sure you guys are follow, subscribed. Um. One of the big things I completely forgot to I forgot to keep saying it the last two episodes. We hit 100 episodes on the Broncos Avenue podcast. I am so grateful for everyone that has listened. It, it's just been a grind, man. And we're gonna continue to try to push out more episodes as upcoming week as well. But man, thank you guys so much. Like. It's just as we were me, me, Jordan, J Mac were talking about this the other day. We talk a lot after these episodes and talking about how we just like sit there and think about like how all you guys straight up just watch us here on YouTube, listen to us in the car on the way to school or the way to work or whenever it is. Like all you guys are seriously greatly appreciated. I get people from like Australia, freaking like New Zealand messaging me on Instagram, be like, yo, love from New Zealand and stuff. I'm like, I can't believe it. Like, there's people from Germany that be like messaging me, like, you know, shout out to the Broncos Avenue. Bo- I just like, I truly mean it when I'm grateful for you guys and this this brand and everything is going to only continue to grow. But thank you guys so much for 100 episodes. Um, here's to 100 more. I really do appreciate everybody that is uh, show support and everything. Um, yeah, I'm just at a loss of words. Like, I, I'm really excited to see where this podcast takes off in the future. I have very big plans for this. Yeah, it's, it's crazy, man. 100 episodes, man. Um, it's going to be 100 more and 100 more and 100 more. So, I mean, yeah, you know, it's it's kind of crazy when you think about it. It's 100 episodes and all the episodes that we've done. You know, it's just it's kind of crazy. And all the guests we've had yeah. and all the stuff that's happened. Like, you know, it, it seems like a long time ago now. We think about it, all the Sean Payton episodes we did, you know, trying to see who's going to be our next head coach. <laughs> we did but, like uh, 10 of them. Bro, oh my God, bro. But I mean, yeah. So, I mean, we're going to keep giving you guys good content. We're going to keep having games. We're going to keep, you know, just producing bangers, man. So, you know. Yeah. And this, man, this upcoming season about to be a blast. We're about to have so many guests on the show, so many different like analysts and everything during the season. We're our reactions to the games, our previews for the games, everything, live streams. Man, that shit's going to be so fun. I can't wait for you guys to be here on the ride with uh, with us here on the Broncos Avenue podcast. Until the next episode, I'm your host, Amir, with my great co-host, J-Mac. To the next one. Peace. Peace.